If you can just get those bodies to calm down, we can talk. That'll be nice, don't you think? I just couldn't keep it together. Well, you should have been faster, because that's me, isn't it? Pull to open. Pull to open. Yes, and what do you do? Your arms are a bit too long, your mouths are a bit too wide, but are you stabilising? No, it's too much. It's like looking into a furnace. I just want to talk to you. I can't argue. That's what I was going to say. The devil's in the details. Yeah, isn't it just? Allons, as idiots say. Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who in random order normally, but this is not so normal tonight. Tonight is the premiere of Wild Blue Yonder, the second special in the 60th anniversary trilogy, and we have thoughts. Yes, we do. Uh, you, are you did gonna, I say my name? You did I'm not. <laughs> I, and I'm starting to actually be suspicious about that. Are you Pete Paschal? Where were you born? Uh, I was born in, uh, I'm not sure, Galloway, ah! Edmonton, ah! something. Ah, you're not the real Pete. You're the creature yeah. from beyond the universe. Okay, uh, and I am Chris Taylor. I'm the real Chris Taylor. All you other Chris Taylors are just imitating. Uh, and yes, the Wild Blue Yonder. Who would have thought a multi-doctor story uh, for the 60th anniversary and uh, not in the way you were expecting? <laughs> Definitely not in the way you're expecting. It was, um, it was, it was different. I mean, this is. It would. I got to say, mm. just off the bat, it was super smart of Russell yeah. T Davies to just simply not reveal anything about this one. Yes, and you know, all we had was that one picture with the robot in the background, mm -hmm. which made us think there was the robot would be super important and relevant right and honestly i completely forgot about the robot until i <laughs> just started talking about it just now like oh yeah there's a robot in it um yeah the so, robot was, was part yeah. of the look and feel of of this very look and yeah. feel driven episode right it's very interesting i don't know so here we are in what i might call the heaven sent era of doctor who like now we know thanks to the doctor who magazine poll that heaven sent is like is the, our favorite Doctor Who of all time. Like that's the new reigning champion, right? So well, collectively, I think, but yes, yeah. I, I, as Doctor Who fans have spoken, yes, yes. Uh, so I think that going for what felt to me like a quite a heaven sent ish uh, idea, whether you know whether the execution you know lived up to the idea, I, I thought a very very bold choice, wrong footed us. Uh, in terms of what we want from an anniversary special, uh, as I say, gave it gave us a multi doctor story. Uh, by the way, how how many tenants are there now? There's there's Meta Crisis tenant. <laughs> there's there's ten and fourteen, and and now there's a creature pretending to be tenant. Uh, not counting perhaps the uh, the creature at midnight who who liked to echo what tenant was saying. Um, John Smith. Or John Smith. My goodness, is, yeah. is David Tennant just trying to be the most? Doctor Who, if not, you know the if not the best, then at least the most. Um, yeah, yeah, he's definitely proliferant. He's a bit greedy <laughs> in terms of his his roles and his time on screen well, with uh, you know any, anything he's on with Doctor Who. But this time he was helped by a lot by Russell T Davies and Catherine Tate and, and Catherine Tate. And I got to say, yeah. I think I think I'm correct in remembering that at the end of our hot take on the Star Beast, you said what we really want to see is more Tennant and Tate. Yes, I did say that, <laughs> or things along those lines. And boy, boy did you oh, get it, uh, man! <laughs> I I completely got it. And yes. You know what? I'm super grateful I did because mm. honestly, like. I really admire what Russell T. Davies here did. He, Russell T. Davies did here, not just in terms of keeping this a secret, keeping this 
you know, very under wraps, but also like really using his time. Because as I was mm. watching this episode, it was occurring to me, you know, we've only got one more adventure with these guys. Yep. We've only got the giggle. And we it feels like we've only just gotten going. And Tennant's just really loving his time and his TARDIS. And I, you know, the thing I love about this episode is it just gives both of those leads so much rope, so much room to stretch out yeah. and do not just interesting things with their characters. And we'll get to that and the things they sort of revealed about themselves, but also uh, fun things to do as not their characters. Yeah. Yeah. So when, you know, whether and, it's and just playing, big prosthetic hands, yeah. which were practical effects, by the way, at yes. least for some of it, some of it, um, uh, the, also, the robot was a very yeah. practical effect. I did love the the, the, the weathering on the robot. Uh, but yeah, no, the, uh, look, you know, zooming out, big picture. I think that this is it's it's one it's a slow burn. I've been thinking about mm -hmm. it, you know, for the couple of hours after I watched it, and it's getting better. The more and more I think about it, I think if you have a negative take, uh, listener on, on Wild Blue Yonder. Uh, you know, first of all, that totally legit, but also maybe let it marinate for a bit. Like this is, mm -hmm. it feels a bit like midnight in that sense, and perhaps a little bit like heaven sent in that sense. And that you know, it's 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 smaller, it's more contained, even though it contains the world's longest corridor. Um, it, <laughs> my goodness, super appropriate for Doctor Who. <laughs> I know, right? I, mean, I know a, lot of, a little bit of meta stuff going on there. For yeah, sure. yeah. Peter Capaldi ran out of corridor, and then he said, "Never again." <laughs> Two generations later, world's longest corridor. But yeah, it, it's so. So one of one of the scariest things you you find in a lot of fictions is is this notion that you know your your enemy is yourself, right? Mm, uh, yeah. And you know, I'm thinking of the prisoner. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, uh, where I went to when you said that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, also it kind of betrays both of our ages. <laughs> and I'm going to do it again. Empire Strikes Back. Um, oh, you know, you Luke Skywalker revealing himself under, under Vader's, you know, in the, the dream and, uh, and, uh, Dagobah. But yeah, you know, that, that kind of vibe, like it's super creepy when, when not just the doctor, but also Donna get to be their own villains. Mm. Um, and, yeah. In in continuity terms, uh, we we talked about this a little bit last week uh, about the relation to the Chibnall era. This was this was heavy on the Chibnall, right? This was mm -hmm. uh, the the flux was mentioned and the timeless children uh, was referenced. What did you think about that? I, I actually really liked it because uh. it is one of those things. Because I don't want the show to ignore it in a sense, uh. even though I do and I don't. Right? Like I obviously, you know, I've I've said many times I wasn't super thrilled with the direction. Chibnall went specifically with that. We've already dissected that to death, but it's part of the show. It's part of kind of like oh. you, did, you can't just say it didn't happen. Right. You've got to say and, yes. And which is what Chibnall yeah. himself did not say <laughs> with the sudden well, destruction. And I like of that Davies isn't interested, at least at this point in sort of doing sort of plots and twists and like, you know, whether it's reversing the thing or expanding on the thing that's to come. Maybe. Or maybe not, maybe. But I do like that emotionally, you know, he's looked at what's happened and he's trying to find where would this character be after these really big monumental events? Because mm. that matters. And yeah. that's the most important thing. So to me, like there are so many good scenes in this and uh, usually it's with tenants, frankly. Yeah. And, but I think this one and the one a bit later I'll get to it when, you know, they're facing their doppelgangers across the glass mm. partition. But this one where he, uh, it's such a brilliant scene, I got to say. Uh, so this is the scene where 
again, Donna and the doctor are separated. They're each confronted by their opposite doppelganger mm. and Donna is trying to get something out of him. And you initially you think it's the opposite, right? That tenant in this scene is the yeah. the doppelganger because he says, well, I'm from Gallifrey. You know yeah. that we, we all four of us were talking about that. And so you feel like, oh, he's obviously the fake because we kind of know where he's going with this. But mm -hmm. what happens is she dissects it a little bit and then it's more him not wanting to face what he's found out with the timeless children arc where he's yeah. not from Gallifrey. And I thought that was just a, such a smart way, just plot wise and character development wise yeah. to do it. I mean, I was just kind of blown away by that, honestly. I mean, what, what seems to be a, a developing theme of the overall trilogy and we'll get to whether it should or should not be a trilogy in the Codex much later uh, in mm -hmm. the show. Perhaps we can talk about that before we go. But there's a theme developing of identity. Uh, this yeah. whole question, the Doctor doesn't know who he is anymore. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's doubly true if you include the Timeless Children, right? That's piling on the questions, you know. So so Jodie, for, you know, two of her seasons, was struggling with that question of her identity. Uh, and now Tennant is struggling with why, you know, why this face again, which is getting repeated. And obviously, we're we're going to get some kind of payoff there. <laughs> Might be struggling also a bit with his sexuality, which was yes. I, thought, I found hilarious. <laughs> he was just like, oh yeah, Newton was totally hot. Yeah, <laughs> and like am I that now? And and like the perfect response by Donna, just like, well, it was never really that far. Yeah, it was exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. I think it's a great way to handle it. I think it's a great way to also prepare the ground for for shooting, um, mm, and yeah. uh, you know for, for everything that's coming. Like the you know uh, one thing that Rose said in uh, in the Star Beast about the, the the Doctor is all well, these things and more. Though who knows what how Shooty's going to play it? Right, he mm. could be the manliest manly Doctor there's ever been, but you know we'll see. Um, given given what's sort of been said off screen, I guess I, you know, maybe you too think, much has uh, already been said about that. But we'll we'll see. This may be the, also, going going from big picture to tiniest picture of all. But what do you think of the, the little shot of Shooty and Shooty's Tardis with the jukebox? Oh, you mean in the the next time in the next stuff, time trailer? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was good. I mean, it's such a big. I mean, I you know again, I think Davies is very smart. He's such a showman, but he's also just smart about his own show. Like he knows that we're all expecting it. He's not trying to be coy about it. That yes, of course, he's already, every trailer is featured shooty in some way. Hmm. Um, you know, it's good. It's great. We're, we're expecting him. I think my idea slash hope that there would be kind of a multi-doctor story before he regenerates. It looks like that's getting dashed pretty quickly. I don't know. It was always a sort of a fringe theory, but um, yeah. Unless, I mean, unless it is multi-doctor in the sense of shooty's doctor coming back to save him. I'm holding on to that theory. Uh, that you know we we will see fifteen later in his time stream at some point in this episode. Well, it does seem to suggest there's more than say the end of Legopolis. Like mm. it's not just Shudigawa standing there at the last few seconds of an episode. And that I feel like there's going to be more in some form. So mm. even though the 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 shade the idea of like they're going to like have him come back or whatever uh, before he regenerates is still a possibility uh it's a, a fleeting one um at the very least i think they're going to do a little more after he regenerates even if they don't do that well let's remember that the one line of dialogue we absolutely know that he's going to say at some point probably next week uh is can someone tell me what the hell is going on 
Well, especially since he has the undone tie in both yes. of those moments, right? Yes. So that looks like there's going to be that like that was a real scene, uh, mm -hmm. which I don't think we were 100 percent sure on. All right. Uh, but yeah, well, I guess we were when Davies revealed that the background wasn't the real background. So yeah. yeah. So what what RTD is is uh, has said about the giggle is that it's like we thought this one was scary, and it did have you know we'll talk about how successfully scary it was in a second, but but that that whatever this is like the giggle doubles it. You know, mm. that there is is super scary and, and just mad and all over the place. To, mad to use a very favorite RTD word. He seems to like a lot uh, to write in scripts. Yeah, yeah. Seemingly brought about by the doctor doing something with salt at the end of the edge of the universe, mm. which <laughs> I don't know if I love that. But here's what I, tell you, I, I do love about this episode. Uh, there's a lot to love about this episode. But one of the things is upping the scale. Yes. And doing one of those great sci-fi things. And I was just thinking about this. It's Doctor Who is one of the only shows that can do this. I'm not saying it's the only show, but it's the only show that can do it honestly anytime it wants, hmm. which is to say like the, the, the cosmological scale that they went for here, which you technically could do in other shows, maybe start, I mean, Star Trek's kind of done it here and there, but for Doctor Who, like, really anytime it wants. I can just, okay, let's go to the edge of what they're saying is the edge of the universe here, which yeah. is far away from any other star, any other galaxy, they're way out. And there's essentially nothing. There's a void that is beyond understanding really the scale of this void. Right. And it's and, not necessarily a void. It's that we light has not reached there yet. No light from any star has reached there. I love that, that, that it's the, the episode took a very non, uh, non sort of uh, educational educational approach you know like it, that, that was worked into the script in a very clever way you see a lot of kids suddenly getting very interested in cosmology at, at that moment in in the, the sort of question of like well what is on the edge of the, what is beyond light you know uh, well and to to the what we were talking about earlier i think it amp amps up the fear yeah. You know, because you're just so isolated you just suddenly establish okay there's nothing here there no one's coming to rescue them. There's no help. And getting outside the ship is, isn't, isn't escape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're basically just marooned and it's essentially a death sentence anyway. So, um, I, I really like that idea. And you know, the, the, there's doctor who episodes, the doctor who books, there's actually a, a book called, um, Oh, I forget what it's called. It's a Capaldi book, but it does mm -hmm. something similar in the voids between galaxies. Interesting. And, um, it's, it's just really, it's a really kind of smart thing to do. And again, Dr. Who can get away with it like anytime right. it wants to, cause just cause of the nature of the TARDIS and, and the show. So yeah, so I, ha I haven't had a moment to look this up, but, uh, but you probably know this, uh, HADS, is that new? Uh, the, not the new. system. It's no, not new. What's it from? Okay. Remind How me. You... I, it sounded familiar. <laughs> just tell we me. We did the Crotons. Oh, that's <laughs> what it sounds familiar from. <laughs> it's from the Crotons. It, I don't think it's mentioned again, even though some episodes imply it's been used until Cold War. So Cold mm, War okay. is this second, I think the second mention, and that's the TARDIS sort of ends up in the South Pole, and that's how they have to stay on the submarine in that one. And I think so, um, I yeah. think my uh, my the memory card that I have inserted in this brain only has room for a hundred Doctor Who stories. So, sorry, Crotons, you, you got pushed out by <laughs> now, uh, by the, something else. The function of the Hads, how it works. Now that's a bit flexible, as 
is everything, including Donna's memories, right? Mm. So this, uh, I think it worked for me mostly that it sort of disappears right away. I like, I like that the doctor explains that he doesn't leave it turned on because then he would just never land anywhere. Yep. <laughs> so he just kind of turns it off because it's like, come on, like I'm the doctor. Um, yeah, health and safety, schmelth and safety. Well, and I also like that the way it comes back at the end that yes. the the apparently the danger is gone for um quote unquote for reasons and <laughs> it comes in and you know you kind of have to squint a little bit at that yeah. point because like the the climax hasn't happened yet because that's sort mm-hmm. of the implication is that the climax hasn't happened like like the implication earlier sorry is that the cl- well, once basically the the plot is resolved then the TARDIS will come back but mm-hmm. to have it come back right before that kind of works i mean it's a little it's a bit of a twist and you kind of again you have to squint to see it but i didn't i didn't hate it i thought it was i thought it was fine i yeah and what i, I liked... didn't like i'll say this what i didn't like i didn't like that the tardis effects were getting like that had to sort of rotate and there was a little more cgi when it appeared i think mm. that was a little over the top those those couple of times toward the end i don't you didn't need that uh, I wonder if you you had the same reaction as I did to the the whole Mrs. Bean thing, uh, <laughs> which I thought was wonderfully played because you're sort of like trained to th- expect that the one saying uh, j- it's just funny because it is is the actual Donna, and then yeah. that that turns out to be the wrong thing. That's a wrong footing, and I love that because there's this whole the whole purpose of this episode seems to put you off balance as to who yeah. uh, who is actually who and I, I i love that i love the fact that the real donna was like actually trying to was actually sounding a little more plastic by like trying to explain herself like you know because clearly you can sort of imagine it right in that situation you'd be a little bit fearful you would actually explain the logical answer because you're like no no i'm really i'm me like you're not you're not so loose and relaxed and yeah. just uh humor's just funny man you know uh and but the monster was yeah, so so that was that was one of a few moments where I got midnightish vibes where like you know the, these mm. aliens are just so totally alien uh, that it's just it's off set it's it's spooky in that kind of way right yeah absolutely um, I gotta say like they they paced it really well I felt like uh, well maybe not at the beginning because I did I was sort of thinking oh my god this is one of the slowest episodes ever for yeah. the first like ten <laughs> or fifteen minutes. But I think you kind of need that, right? You almost need this like get on with it vibe to really get into the things that come later. Mm. And once, you know, they're separated and you, you're constantly guessing who's who, um, I, I think it just sort of goes to another level. And honestly, mm. the performances go to another level. And I really got to rave more about like I've, I always I've been raving about Tenant a lot in our Tenant episodes that we've done. But this one, like, wow, like, I love the bit where he is trying not to think. Yes. And <laughs> they goad him into thinking. And it's, it's, it's so tenant. It's so doctorish. Like, he plays it so, so well. And then he just kind of gives up on it. Okay, I can't. Like, I, I've got to do this. I've got to figure this out. <laughs> that, that did make me think you, you may, when we worked together at Bashful, Pete, you, you may remember I did uh, competitive meditation. Uh, I've written about that, and that that definitely had this sort of meditation deathmatch vibes of like that. Mm. That was the doctor's call. Just don't think, don't think, oh, don't think. Oh no, that's a thought. You know, uh, I love that. You know, it really, really spoke to me. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about that cold open with uh, not yet Sir Isaac Newton. Um, 
It did, did you also get like Moffat? Like it felt like he drafted Moffat in just to write that cold open. Like that that yeah. felt like a very Moffaty. Wait, wait, I can't even remember if it was a cold open. Correct me if, if I'm wrong there, but like it it felt like a long Moffat cold open to to have that whole thing. Um, and and let's talk Mavity. Uh, is this <laughs> is it a red herring or is it just it, an attempt to create a meme? Um, like no, what, your what read on this being super Moffaty, I think, is dead mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably absorbed a little bit from Moffat's run if he didn't actually get Moffat to write this for him. That's because right. I RTD think momentarily morphing into Stephen Moffat in front of him. Who's the real one? Yeah, I, I just think we're never going to hear about Mavity again. I think it's just silliness. and Or though maybe he'll keep it as a running joke for his run. Mm. Um, but I think at some point, you just gonna like. I don't think he's gonna resolve it. I think at just some point off screen, you have to uh, think that like <laughs> they go back and correct Newton so that we could just start saying gravity again. But it well, is, to me, it's it was just kind of done because he thought it was hilarious, and it is pretty hilarious. It's a pretty good joke. It's a good um, joke, and I would yeah. like to add my voice to the, the chorus online that are already calling for the Doctor Who wikia to to change its entry for gravity. Um, I think that would be <laughs> hilarious. Come on, guys. Let's, let's join in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, starring Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love all... I mean, it has started a meme, right? So so mission accomplished in that regard. Um, but what we also... So the randomizer Chris, has set Chris, us up. I just want to say, I yes. think that's a mid idea. <laughs> it's mid. It's pretty mid. <laughs> mate. It's a mate idea. It's a mate. Oh, dear. You're extending it too far, like two, two long arms at the moment. Um, ah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't even know. My reach may have exceeded my grasp. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, it's getting worse and worse. Yes. No, I, I think we, we also, so the randomizer has been setting us up for, for this trilogy, I think, in a lot of interesting ways. One of the ways is that we went to the pirate planet where the doctor talks about having met Newton. Um, it's true. Yeah, and dropping I, apples on his head. Dropping apples on his head. So, which is it, Doctor? Are you it, like? Was he replacing himself in his own time stream? Was was Tom Baker's Doctor having a forward memory? Was he just lying? Uh, you know, rule number one. Uh, what do you think? What's your take? Well, here's the thing: that first apple that falls on Newton's head, mm. we don't know what drop that one good point you know so maybe tom baker's in the tree uh dropping things and then tenant shows up now that does screw up uh baker's story because he says you know newton told him to get out of the tree mm-hmm. and that he explained it to him later at dinner um maybe parts of that are embellished <laughs> maybe the whole thing was but it doesn't necessarily one maybe he just joins him for dinner later uh two maybe it was just some other day Mm-hmm. You know, um, so maybe this was a different apple dropping incident for Newton. Maybe he's often under that tree with oh. people ready to. <laughs> well, maybe in a very timey-wimey way, it is Tom Baker's doctor who comes back and corrects the mistake, uh, drops oh. another apple. And it's like, no, gravity, gr- gr- listen to the grr, <laughs> mavity. I'm not even sure yeah. how he got that. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, <laughs> At some point, I'm going to look up uh, the the on, the origins of the English word gravity because something tells me that it precedes uh, Mr. Newton. But whatever, it's you know, this is a show so, where Agatha Christie meets a wasp. It's not necessarily historically accurate. 
So how? Did, so one thing we didn't talk about, and I, I think you know, we'd probably just end up raving about it anyway. Is the scene with Wilf at the end? Oh um, gosh, there, there were tears. Yeah. There were so many tears. Oh yeah, not much has made me you know well up a bit, but like it was just such you know that scene just really got me too. Like it was just so good to see him, and you know it's... just everyone's reaction, tenant hugging him, everyone mm. into it. It was just. It was so good. And also I like that he, it was, you know, they used it as a bit of a, a, a tease for the plot of the giggle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that he's the one who's sort of uh, keeping vigil there for them. And then you actually see it sort of blurred in the background, those weird statue things, mm. whatever they are. And then, you know, everyone going nuts. And then this uh, is setting up the whole thing with the toy maker. It's great. Um, did you see that Russell Davies came out and said, you know, basically that's it. This is the that's one it. scene that they, they shot with him and there are, and I like that he yeah. did that so that we're not expecting more that this is all they had time for. And here it is. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, you know, one and done. Uh, one and done, so but, but so him. great. So good to see him. And and I did get, again, speaking of where the randomizer has taken us recently, uh, I did get three doctors vibes. Like it, it, it was, it mm. was very, it's very William Hartnell. When you, when you look at the behind the scenes video, uh, where they talk to Bernard Cribbins, uh, there is something he said that that gives you the impression that he was reading from from cue cards, uh, that he was just that he had to read his lines mm-hmm. from cue cards, and and so you know very much the, the the frail Hartnell that we see in the Three Doctors. But but how how good would it have been if they'd been able yeah. to have Hartnell in a wheelchair, you know, on on set, like you know, be able oh, to see yeah. Interacting well, and again, one, one we're more just, time. We're just yeah. happy to see him as fans. Yeah. I mean, I'll like, take yeah, him anyway. even, even back then. Exactly. He was in, you know, in his time, Eddie doing whatever, but we'll take it. And with Wilf, the same deal. Like he was there. Yeah. Um, and uh, awesome. were, you, were you expecting it here? Because I was expecting it at the end of the giggle. I was expecting Wilf's appearance at the end of the giggle and, and RTD wrong footed us yet again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't know honestly. Like, I thought mm. I didn't know until I saw the post from Davies that this was it. Like, I figured mm. we'd see him, and then we'd see him maybe a couple more times in the next episode. Mm. So, like, I got to oh, say again, credit to Davies. I'm glad he just didn't didn't get us expecting more. He basically clarified, you know, that's right. it, that's all we had. So, I, I do love um, no. I, but what I was expecting was that that Wilf, if we got one appearance from Wilf, that it would be a you know after everything gets wrapped up a denouement kind of thing, you know mm-hmm. after the trilogy right, right, right. and maybe before the regeneration and. Uh, but then again, you know, the regeneration scene, uh, whatever scene that we get next week of regeneration, and we're clearly going to get one. Now we know. Spoiler alert from the next time trailer. At least there's going to be some sort of regeneration energy hovering around Tenon's yep. face. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, obviously it can't be the same as Tenant's, you know, farewell tour. Like, you know, and also we oh, just got wet, that with Jody. It's got to be more of a Capaldi-esque, you know, sudden head snap, and he's there, right? It has to mm-hmm. be. Di- like, RTD can't repeat himself, and it's clear from this that he doesn't want to repeat well, himself. Which again, I, I'm like, I almost want it. Like, if we're just getting going, I kind of want a whole season with Donna and, and Tennant again. Like, yeah. I, I got to say, like, I really like this episode. I really like, you know, the Wild Blue Yonder. Yeah, I had my thoughts about the Star Beast and some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. To me, this totally worked. And yeah. again, credit to Davies. He really leaned into, like, I've got these two leads. I'm going to he clearly decided I'm going to write a bottle episode where they're just on screen all the time 
playing all the roles <laughs> and it's like right. it really really works and you know again smart stuff with the practical effects i like you know the neat things about like the arms being too long both in mm -hmm. a very overt way and also later i guess it's a little weird i don't know what did you think about tenant like oh the arms too long and it's 0 0.06 millimeters that that was a little <laughs> like you know, I'm Spock or something. Noticing yeah. the thing, I, which yeah. you know, the, the doctor is, is is often quite Spockish. But I'm curious about, uh, you know, did did your kids get, did they get scared by the the alternate uh, Tennant and Tate and the, and the the extendy jaw and the arms and thing? Because that I feel like that would have creeped me out uh, as a kid. And they they'd never admit they were scared. They're kind of mm. too old now to like do that. Although I think Grace was was snuggling in a bit close while mm -hmm. the sort of not necessarily that scene, but just sort of the isolation on the station. But I'll say this: my whole family was riveted, and mm. we all came away really liking it. And my wife probably liked it the most out of all of us. She was like, "Oh wow, that was so good." I mean, she loves Tennant and Donna. Uh, they've always been her favorite pair. Uh, among you know, she's got good taste. Mm -hmm. And just, again, seeing them on screen so much and doing so many interesting things, kind of both being themselves and not themselves. Um, just such a smart, smart story uh, to be able to do that. Indeed. And, uh, okay, a couple, couple, couple of uh, closing thoughts on it. First of all, I don't know if you saw in the, in the behind-the-scenes video, ITD talks about, like, at one point he thought of maybe having a cryogenically frozen William Hartnell on the ship. Uh, mm. as just throwing in something a bit more anniversary-ish. And you talked about having just having the guts to say, no, I'm going to stick with my original idea. Uh, right. Do, do you think that's anything? Is that is that a hint of what we've got coming? Uh, or is it just he's throwing in that red herring or like it was a back-of-the-napkin idea and we shouldn't listen to that? You know, I think he's just being kind of loose. Actually, I'll confess, mm. I didn't watch The Unleashed or, mm. or whatever the behind-the-scenes stuff was. So... Just hearing about that, I, I think he's just sort of confessing in a very kind of loose kind of way. Yeah, you know, it's the 60th anniversary. You kind of want to pull out wild cards as much mm -hmm. as you can or as much as you can get away with them. And he kind of the fact that he stopped himself, I think, was good. Here's mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, a big ship like that uh, out in a void doing whatever. I mean, that's already lots of stuff to mine for uh, either himself or a future showrunner, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that that idea, like, who put the ship there in the first place? What was the race? Why were they there? Um, again, they don't necessarily have to ever answer those questions, but it, it's 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 rich stuff to mine if you want to. And you don't yeah. need to throw in the another, you know, a doctor there or whatever. Why would he be there? And then, you know, you'd have to sort of fill in a lot of stuff. Then yeah. it becomes a thing you have to come back to. If you do right. that, right? Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Here, I, I just like the idea of it's it's this massive scale thing, and you know, again, part of the canvas of Doctor Who. It, should mm. anyone want to fill it in? Yeah, speaking of the canvas of Doctor Who and and the templates of of Who and template of New Who, I feel it was interesting that while he was trying a lot of new things with this, it does hew to to that sort of template, right? Of you, you have your sort of like big, bold opening story, which is a bit like Rose. And then you go to something that shows the science fiction extremes that Doctor Who can go to, like the end of the world. 
right? And mm. and we we saw um, you know Moffat doing that in season five in his first season when he's reintroducing who, uh, you know, with, with the Beast Below being the second story that you know go let's go way out there, many many yeah. many centuries hence, way out in space, uh, and also in you know when he uh, reinvented uh, Capaldi for his final season with the pilots, you know, very self consciously starting all over again. Right, and then the uh, I believe smile was was the second one there. Right, you you know yeah. you go you go forward and then you go back, go forward and go back. You, know, you see this again in New Who when you as as a good way to sort of introduce new audiences, right? Which is what we've got mm-hmm. a lot of this time around as well with all the new Disney Plus fans. Yeah, I got to say I did think of that. Like I like the echo mostly with Davies because it's you know obviously his new run that the, his second episode in both his first run and his second run takes these sort of extremes in terms of cosmology and things that the original series just never quite did, even though it sort of tried here and there and didn't quite do it. That just said, why not? Let's go 5 billion years in the future. Let's see these crazy cosmological ideas up close because you can do that with Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, just really, really smart. I, I hope it's not just getting out of his system because I, I, I don't want him to do it every week, but I do, I do like that Doctor Who can just kind of again do it whenever it wants and yeah. uh, just sort of amp up the scale. And Indeed. yeah, just, just, just really, really loved it. Um, well, speaking so of scales, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna get to the ratings, but but you go ahead before we do that. Oh, I just had one thing. So the way the, the plot is resolved. And the, you know, they have to run after, um, what's his name? Uh, Like the other guy, the other tenant and, you Uh know, tenants catching up to him. He breaks into a run on all fours, which is great. But Jack did ask, and I didn't have a good answer. Like, well, why didn't you just do that in the first place? (laughs) 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 And it is, I will say that's the one, there's one weak spot in the plot. I feel like it is that, he he never he's he just can't get there in time that's that's the resolution the robot just presses the button before the other tenant can get there and i guess he was always destined that was always part of it but it it just felt like there wasn't really a decision you know what i mean there wasn't really a thing someone had to do to sacrifice something or do whatever to ensure the bad guys lost yeah. Um, so it's unfortunate. Again, RTD doesn't so, always yeah. stick the landing, and he he does kind exactly. of do. You know, we saw this with Starbeast. You just reverse the destruction of London. Uh, yeah, out of other ideas, right? It just oh yeah, just hit the reverse. But, oh yeah, it just it's the other Doctor can't get there in time. Yeah, whatever. You know, let's so let's hope that the Murray Gold music and the special effects at this point cover up the fact that the you know it's not really fully resolved. Uh, necessarily in a, in a satisfying way. Well, I, f- I feel like you could have pretty easily done something here where the doctor, once he re- breaks into a run as a four-legged thing, like has to accelerate the thing even more or something. Mm. So in other words, like that the doctor needs to make some decision that seemingly sacrifices stuff because it it's just, you know, that his plan to stop them didn't work. Um, that would have, you know, wouldn't have been too hard to do that, but uh, mm. that's okay. Well, we'll save it for the special edition or whatever. But otherwise, like, yeah. So we can get right to the ratings. Why don't you go? Because I think it's pretty clear where I'm going. Uh, well, well, we're doing before, five, out of five Tardises, that's our that's our, that's our five, hot yeah. take rating. A hot take rating of five sizzling Tardises out of five. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give it five because. Um, yeah, this has potential. I'm enjoying the way that it's burning in my head. I'm enjoying talking about it. You know, it's often mm. the sign of a, of a good 
uh, slow burn who episode. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to uh, underestimate its potential to make the top 10 rankings in, in future, mm. you know, Doctor Who surveys. Um, you know, uh, so it, you know, it had midnightish vibes. It had heaven sent vibes for me, you know, the, the two hander to, to heaven sends one hander. So yeah, yeah. Five, five out of five. Same, same as last week. I'm, I guess I'm easily pleased for the 60th anniversary. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't the same. You gave it six out of five last week. Oh, six. Oh, good point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was just so the extra TARDIS. Even though, even though it's five. <laughs> the extra TARDIS yeah, was just, no. I'm so excited to see it back. Anyway. I, I'm right there with you. Like, yeah, they might five Tardises and those Tardises are spinning like crazy. Mm. My friend, they That's are right. the centripetal force of those Tardises is off the charts. This was amazing. This was just such a smart episode, not just in terms of how entertaining and enthralling it was and just on an intellectual level as well, but also just a smart thing for Davies to do at this point in his run, in this three-part tr- trilogy, um, just just smart, smart, smart. I mean, like I, yeah. that's all I can say about it because it's like just the fact that he just gave his leads, which he only has a limited amount of time, so much to do, yes. uh, had them on screen so much. I mean, I, I wonder how – I mean, they had more time to make these specials, I guess, so I can't imagine they were too annoyed that there was virtually – like there – Really, no other guest cast, right? I mean, there were there were no other actual people in this episode apart from Wilf at the end. Apart from Wilf um, and, and Newton yeah. in the beginning, like it, it oh, did yeah, feel Newton like yeah, right, they, right. those those were deliberately you know stuck there as sort of big meaty cold open and uh, you know and closes uh, and yeah. hot closes uh, if as it were uh, you know very very cliffhangery. Yeah, um, just as an actor, you're forced. You cannot phone it in. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be yeah. on it every scene. That's the other thing we see so, in the behind the scenes that they they had to film Tate and Tennant had to film every scene twice or go through every scene twice and be be their alien selves and be their real selves so, and also knowing all along in their own heads which one they were you know still so enough doubt so amazing amazing uh, you know uh, Doctor Who Oscar worthy performances from from both of them. Uh, but doing that on both sides because that that this script rises and falls on the performances and it rose it totally rose rose rose, rose. the occasion too, too apt <laughs> yes all right folks indeed. wow well, we I didn't hope even we, do housekeeping. Uh, we were so excited we yeah. didn't say you should go to pull to open.net to get notes on every story not necessarily these hot takes but every story you should and then we didn't say you should follow us on tiktok at pull to open or and on X at pull to open 63 or, and either of those handles anywhere else you might find us on social media. We didn't say go to youtube.com slash pull to open and leave comments and emojis and all that stuff. Um, what else didn't we say? Well, we didn't say whether this is uh, officially a new story in the pull to open codex, right? I just want to do that, that really quickly. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, our initial take is yes, it is. Um, but then again, you know, we did we did make flux all of one story after we after we saw it, saw it all right. So that's that's still to come as single codex entry. And I think what I will say is that we we reserve the right to change that after we see the giggle. 
right? Because mm. if if the meep is in the the giggle and you know these creatures are also in the giggle and it sort of feels very pulled together and it's part of some big toy maker plot that we're just sort of seeing the edges of and and you know if Daisy Davies really ties those two other specials in to the third one then maybe we're talking about a toy maker trilogy um, but our initial judgment yeah. is probably not yeah I would I would agree with that and I don't think that's going to happen I also I mm. think that the idea that all this stuff was a toy maker um, plot, particularly talent tenants face himself, you know, like the whole regeneration mm. thing. I think that's going to be um, thrown out. There's going to be some other twist mm. and there will be a reason that he regenerated back into tenants, hmm. but okay. I don't think it's just the toy maker was manipulating things. That's my prediction right now. So we'll, I am, we'll find I'm out in a week. Dicking with my toy maker theory, but yeah, I cannot mm-hmm. wait to meet you back here next week for the next hot take on the giggle uh mm. where pete i think we should uh, order some helium um for for <laughs> this maybe some laughing gas i don't know uh but yeah we're, we're, we will be giggling a plenty and our next hot take and we will be continuing our, our random adventure uh and our adventure on all the socials did we mention them all I think we mentioned all the ones we care to, but yeah, folks, just, if you like big cosmological stories with David Tennant, oh my goodness, uh, we're also got the regular podcast coming up next week, which is of course the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, yes. uh, where we will have a guest to yeah. dissect those stories with us. Uh, it's actually be- Ellie Blackwood from TikTok. Yes, I'm very excited about that, especially because Ellie has uh, expertise in astrophysics. So uh, we're going to get we're going to go to school. We're going to go to black hole school uh, on on the Impossible Planet, and maybe she'll also be able to talk to us a little bit about the the very edge of the universe where the wild blue yonder uh, went. Oh man! Wow. Tenant at the extremes. That's what we do here on Pull to Open. Love it. Guys, this has been fantastic. Please, of course, follow us on those socials that I mentioned. Go ahead, rate the podcast. Give us a review. We like reviews. That's what I mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially for the things. Apple Podcast app. We enjoy reviews. I'm seeing five stars in front of me, but, you know, go ahead, give whatever, whatever you want. Uh, and again, come on back for some more Doctor Who commentary just as soon as you can. All right, looking forward to giggling with you all next week. Take care.